All right. Well, let's let's just get right into it, boys. Let's do it. And so, you got the show notes, right, Chris? I do. Uh, wait, the show notes? Yeah. <laughs> Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the grandeur, the splendor, the spectacle that is card subject to change. Well, we're talking about SummerSlam 2019. I am Chris Peterson. Joined with me, as always, is Mr. Ken Jones. How are you, sir? Pretty good, eh? Hey, I know, north of the border, so you got to kind of add in the, the little boots and the A's and... and, and A game. <laughs> A game. <laughs> exactly. And also... To my virtual left is Mr. Forrest Helvey. How are you, sir? Good. It is good to be back. Fresh, fresh from vacation, Forrest Helvey. I, I am a little, little tanner, a little bit more relaxed, and uh, yeah, it was, uh, it was a good time. So you're gonna get a very chilled out uh, Forrest in this podcast. You are. <laughs> I'm digging it. I'm digging it. Well, guys, we had uh, the you know biggest event of the summer, so to speak, uh, which is SummerSlam, the first, I guess you could call it, of the big four pay-per-views of the year for the WWE. And you know, overall, it didn't disappoint. It was a lot of buzz going into it, a lot of buzz coming out of it. Uh, but first question I want to ask both of you, I'll start with you, Ken. Did the WWE fans properly get ready for SummerSlam. Was there enough buildup? Was there enough hype? Tell me everything. What do you think? Um, probably not. <laughs> it's, uh, usually, usually SummerSlam is sometime after the 20th of August. And this year it was on the 11th. And so I'm not quite sure what the reason was for the, the change in moving it up, but we got basically one less week than we normally get from, uh, for no, most years for, for building up mm. to this pay-per-view. It did feel like it just was like, oh my gosh, oh, it's SummerSlam. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Forrest, what did you think about the build-up? So, you know, right in the same vein as Kenny, you know, it was one of those pieces where it was coming in early. And WWE viewership is traditionally lower in the summer because, you know, most people just aren't hanging out inside watching TV all the time. So there's an element where they need to be aware of the ebb and flow of their viewership. And I think having that compressed time to build the stories for really the, the second biggest event of the year, it wasn't there. So I felt like going into this pay-per-view – my energy level was a little bit low just because I wasn't really as invested in what was going on. And then compounded by the fact that, you know, I've been traveling. So I, I didn't catch all the TV completely. You just kind of catch the snippets and pieces and the highlights. Um, and so I think compounded with a compressed time, you know, I, I just I wasn't sure if this was going to come together well. And I will say very pleasantly surprised. Exactly. Exactly. We'll break it all down. Um so let's get into the matches itself. Let's start talking about the card and start about some of the events that we saw that happened. Um, I, I would say a quite eventful kickoff show, which you don't normally see with some of these pay-per-views, mm -hmm. uh, but you did get a little bit of buzz. Um, first thing I want to talk about is this 24-7 title um, that we're getting. Uh, a lot of like interesting little tidbits, little vignettes, so to speak. Um, Forrest, let me start with you. What are your thoughts on this whole 24-7 title? What's its... Um, involvement in SummerSlam, the whole nine yards. So for my part, I think, you know, in general, I get how some people enjoy it. They, they like the Gaga. They like the, uh, they like the slapstick of it. I, I can't stand it. I'd rather have a little more time in a match. So for uh, me, 
it just feels like a waste of time. Um, and it's the thing I keep looking at is how am I going to be able to take those wrestlers seriously when they pull out of the 24 seven title run and they try to go back into an actual match. It's going to be really mm-hmm. hard to kind of take them serious. So this is a taste thing. I'm not a fan of it. Um, I get how some people like it though, but I, I could do without. I hear you. Ken, how about you? Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty much with Forrest. Uh, it, it, uh, has had its moments where it's been entertaining, but for the most part, there's a lot of uh, schlock and and you know flotsam and jetsam to to wade through to get to a, to the good stuff. I agree. If there is any good stuff, so if there's any good stuff, I mean, I was kind of hoping that it, you know at least with the hardcore title back in the day, you got some pretty good spots out of it. You know where yeah. like you had some actual legitimate matches. You actually had some legitimate mm-hmm. backstage stuff. Like oh gosh, did you see what he threw him through and stuff like that? But with this, it just seems a little just. You you guys nailed it. It's it's silly. You know, it's <clears throat> most of the pins are roll ups. There's no real moves uh, involved. Uh, I mean, spoiler alert for anybody who watched Raw. I mean, we now have a de- a different twenty four seven champion, which I don't mm-hmm. know if that's going to change the narrative of how they do this title going forward. But that could be very interesting as well. But um, yeah, I'm 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 with you. I'm I'm with you both. I think you got to do definitely do something with this title um, and actually you know have some actual spots to it to make it. Truly, I think, enjoyable. But, um, yeah, anything else before we move on? No. Yeah. Why why, it, why, why spend much time on it? Exactly. All we, right, spent more, get... we spent more time on it than, than yeah. a typical 24-7 <laughs> match. So. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> All right, well, let's get into the kickoff show. So we had Buddy Murphy uh, defeat Apollo Crews via disqualification. Um, interesting match. Um, I, I personally thought it was going pretty well. Um different ending i'm wondering what the narrative is going forward for buddy murphy but i'd love to get your thoughts ken let me start with you what'd you think about this match yeah at first i was surprised that uh, these two were getting a match on the pre-show huh? and then um the disqualification at the end with with uh rowan coming in and, and attacking buddy murphy was i was like oh of course that's that's why to further mm. the uh the rowan and daniel bryan and eventually rowan reigns uh storyline so, yeah, it, it was pretty much a throwaway, I guess. Yeah, yeah. For some of you, I mean, what do you think about, what do you think this does for Murphy going forward, if anything? Okay, so, you know, I'll, Kenny and I kind of had the same response, which is funny, because I, I would have swore he, he was cribbing <laughs> my notes here. Um, <laughs> you know, the thing is, I was asking the same question. I'm like, oh, man, we need to, like, trim things down. Um, but then I, I kind of caught myself on two things. And, you know, one element was, I'm I'm pretty pretty high on Buddy Murphy. I think he's got a ton of upside, um, and and honestly, Apollo Cruz too. They're both really really skilled, you know, wrestlers. They mm. came out of that batch of uh, 205 Live that I you know with like Mustafa Ali, really strong wrestlers. Um, so this does give them a chance to get a little bit of attention. I mean, granted, if you look in the stands, people are still you know filtering in at this point, but you know, I think I think that's good. But I was asking myself that question: Why are these guys getting, you know, um, you know, slated for this major, major uh, uh, pay per view? But that said, I know I'm leaning ahead a little bit. Um, I think it it, it created some storyline opportunities for, especially if you saw, um, you know, Raw. You 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 know what kind of doors that's starting to open up for uh, for Buddy Murphy. So I was a little reticent about it at first, but now I'm kind of happy about it because it is giving him some opportunity. Um, now it's going to be up to him to see whether or not he can really take a hold of it and, and move forward with it and kind of find a place in the main roster. 
Mm, definitely, definitely. And actually, speaking of 205 Live, I mean, the next match we had was the Cruiserweight Championship between Drew Gulak and... I want to okay. hear you say this guy's name. Oni Lorcan. Oh, wow, you got it right. I got it right. That's so disappointing. Because <laughs> uh, I, I, I just watched that match recently, so that's probably why. Uh, but uh, via pinfall to retain the title. Now, guys, I have to ask you this. Um, given, you know, the effort that these people are putting into this match uh, that the, the 205 guys usually do put into these matches uh, and the little to no reaction from the crowd I have to ask is it worth going forward is, is 205 worth it anymore as an investment for this company um, should they keep doing it because it just seems like a waste of, of time and effort if you're really not going to do anything with these guys in any type of main roster fashion. Forrest let me start with you on that I want to ask permission to put my tinfoil hat on here. Please. All right. So you guys know uh, we have AEW coming in um, in in the fall, right? Right, right? We're right around the corner. There's a lot of talk right now about NXT shifting from being just a network-only show, moving to uh, Fox Sports 1. The snag is that Fox, I mean, for NXT, you generally have, it's a one-hour show. AEW is going to be a two-hour show, and I've been hearing a lot of buzz kind of in the dirt sheets and elsewhere. You know, there's potential where all the same concerns you raised, Chris, right on the money, um, taking the 205 live roster and merging it with NXT so that way they can actually have a complete two-hour program to go up against AEW. And again, tinfoil hat firmly fixed. You know, there's there's no there's no official buzz coming out of WWE to say one way or the other on that. Um, but I think that that is a real issue. You know, you've got 205 Live where you have these incredibly talented stars coming out of it. Um, but there's just, there's no means of getting eyes on, you know. Right. Um, right. Nobody's really paying them the attention. And truthfully, I do think uh, well, I mean, I love NXT. I think if I'm WWE and I want to kind of continue to go hard against AEW, that might be a move that you'd take. You have guys like Gulak and Lorkin who have moved back and forth between the NXT and the 205 roster. Um, so it's not like this. there's a lack of precedence or you know, kind of a blurring of the lines to some extent. Um, and the 205 live crew... Are amazing, especially if you ever get a chance to see them, you know, in person. Uh, you know, it's it, they do some amazing uh, ring work. Um, but like NXT, that's a, they still needs, I think, some development. I think our cruiserweight championship match that we saw, you know, Sunday is a great example of that. Gulak, I think, is much more polished veteran uh, wrestler. Um, you know, versus Lorcan, who is still to me, his technique is great, but. His, I got to interject. He's he's at least got the uh, Ultimate Warrior uh, with the hands movement thing that pretty pretty well down. Mm. <laughs> and and that's what I mean. Like his, but his person, his character work. Yeah, the, there's the, not much that, beyond that though. That needs a lot more polish and development and work. And I don't think he's quite ready for the the, the main roster pay per views yet. So I I think 205 needs to, if it's going to stick around. It needs to merge or or just take everyone in 205 Live and either make a hard call. You're going main roster or you're going back to NXT and just leave you know the the brands distinct. But I think that's moving forward the way we have to go with it. Yeah, I mean, I I don't honestly, 
I just don't have time for for two hundred five live in, in my in my week. Mm-hmm. It's it's too much wrestling, right? Which you know, it's a, that's a hard thing to say, but but we're going to be adding AEW in the mix too, and you know, you're yeah. going to set that out, right? I, I I do like your idea of combining two hundred five live and, and NXT in some fashion or another, but um, yeah, I I agree one hundred percent. It's like you're you're just throwing money away um, with these this this product that you're not really doing anything with so yeah either do something with it or just let it go i mean that's that's how i feel about it but mm-hmm. um all right next real quick i mean we have we have an elias appearance he does his typical you know cheap heat crushing of uh, on toronto crushing on toronto he did have some good digs i won't lie those are some good lines some good lines especially about Kawhi <laughs> Leonard. bars uh <laughs> and then we got uh the first i guess you could say i probably the first and only um shocking surprise entrance of edge edge came back toronto native uh yeah. canadian hero uh that he is um and he came in no spoke no words whatsoever just got in the ring and speared elias and it was oh it was an okay spot i was like all right you know total fan service what are you gonna do mm-hmm. um i i you know ken you and i talked about it but we were both very concerned for edge yes <laughs> they've they've very publicly said that uh you know edge had to retire because he if he kept wrestling he could be paralyzed because he had neck and, and uh, spine problems. And, you know, Edge has come back and, and done segments on, on Raw and other, you know, SmackDown and stuff over the years since he's retired, which was, wow, probably almost a decade now mm-hmm. ago. Yep. Um, but he hasn't been physical in the ring. And, and so this was a surprise. I, it's I, almost like I know that these guys always want to come back. I know that it's like for some of them, especially edge who retired way too early, um, you know, that, that have that fight in them and they still want to come back and blah, blah, blah. But as, as fans, we're like, no, like you're, we're good. Like, you know, right. you take care of you and um, you know, edge doing a spear, even if God, I mean, knock on wood, but like, God, God help us. If something bad had happened in that one spot, then it would have been just like, why did that have to happen? Um, yeah. So I'm I'm like as much as I love seeing Edge in spots, especially with Christian when they do a lot of the on the road stuff and stuff like that. Um, I I don't want to see him in the ring anymore. I don't want to see a lot of these guys in the ring anymore. Who, right? Who definitely it was before. it was cool to see, and and that's all we need to see. Yeah. Well, and and I think so. Take everything you have and and ask yourself like, what's the overall payoff for the risk involved with this? And it was a quick one time pop on a pre-show and the pre-show i don't know that that's really worth it you know i understand why one of the legends came out later (laughs) in the evening um but this this doesn't have even anywhere near the close to stakes so you know and i think it just continues to define down elias as as a major punching bag and and nothing more so you mean the the 24 7 champ elias (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yes exactly <laughs> the next the th- next thing we got though to close out the the kickoff show was the women's tag team championship which we did not know was going to be included at all because we thought that what had occurred on smackdown the previous week was was it but uh, we had nikki cross and alexa bliss uh retain their titles against the iconics which was a dumb match i'm not gonna lie it was dumb um didn't really need yeah. to be there um, I think it was just the WWE's like, okay, we should probably have the women's tag team championship. We need a filler. Yeah. We need a yeah. filler. 
Um, and here it is. And that's basically what it was, which is, you know, disappointing, but what are you going to do? So, I mean, do you guys want to have anything to discuss about this match? Mm, not really. <laughs> I, I got a laugh out of the, um, the, the Alexa light year. Yes. Year. That was pretty funny. Well, and then especially when she pointed her, her, uh, laser pointer. Right. Yeah. And, you know, I will say it's funny because every time there's an Iconics match, I have to roll my eyes and I hate the shrieking that they do. But there's always at least one point where they do make me laugh out loud. So yeah. and, and yeah. the thing is, I know there's a there's a group of people out there who who love them. They get, you know, they love the crack getting cracked up by them. But yeah, filler for me. <laughs> I did. I did see them in the airport in the Atlanta airport last month. Uh, the Iconics, that is. Um, and incredibly tall. Both of them. Uh, incredibly tall. Uh, that's really the only takeaway I had. But cool. uh, I really wanted to run down and just do the iconic thing in front of them, but I thought that would be obnoxious. Um, and they did not look like they wanted to be stopped at all. So I was like, never mind. Um, all right. Well, then when things kicked off, and as per usual, I mean, I, this has become a theme now with a lot of these pay-per-views is where we get a big marquee match to actually kick off the show. Um, and we had the Raw Women's Championship, Becky Lynch defeating Natalia. Uh, via submission to retain the Raw Women's Championship. Um, I got to be honest with you guys. I, I went in with this match with very low expectations. I just thought it was a simple, here's Natalia in front of a Canadian crowd. She's going to put in her best yeah. effort, and that's that's it. And she's But she's still going to lose, which is still ha- what happened. But I thought both women, um, especially Natalia, really told a good story, really put everything that they had uh, into this match. And it, I, I thought it actually worked really, really well. Uh, Ken, what did you think? Yeah, I agree. I thought there, there wasn't a, a great amount of buildup for this match. Um, they, they, it, they did kind of rush some of it with, with uh, Natalia um, going a little heelish, but also just, um, you know, cramped for time. Um, but yeah, like you said, they told a good story. Uh, going in, it kind of felt like a one-off. Yeah. And and obviously with what happened on Raw, the following night it uh, pretty much confirmed that it was a one-off match. Um, but I, yeah, I, I like you said, I like I liked the match. Um, I thought they they told a good story. Uh, they were both very aggressive and physical. Um, you know, they they had spots that like weakened, you know, uh, Natalia's arm and Becky's uh, knee for their respective finishing moves. Um, so they, they told a, they told a competent uh, story during the match. Um, the one thing I don't understand with these submission matches is that if there's no count outs, no DQs or pinfalls, it seems like the only rules that should apply are submission rules. And one of the submission rules is that you can grab the ropes to break a submission hold. Mm. So why is that not allowed during a submission match? That is a, what we call a plot hole. In... <laughs> <laughs> that is called. It doesn't make the... sense to me. That's called you being smarter than the writers. Okay. okay. There you go. There you go. Um, Forrest, what do you think about this match? So I've got to be honest with you, uh, Ken. Same thing as you. You know, going into this, this was one of those matches that I felt suffered from really being as developed going into it and and at the end of the day i kind of felt like this is going to turn into a one-off and it's a real shame in a sense because we know what happens you know we know what happened last night with monday night raw it it is a one-off now 
And that's too bad because I thought this was probably the best match I've ever seen from Natalia. I loved it. Um, <clears throat> really physical. Uh, had a very nice technical feel to it. But mm. concurrent with being technical, which I like. I like that a lot. I like the pro wrestling piece, you know. Um, it also told a really good story. Like you said, they're working each part trying to build up to the submission. You know, there's nothing more disappointing when you see a submission just slapped on immediately. Right. Um, you know, you want to work towards it so that when you finally drop that move, it's game over. Um, so I thought that was played really well. I loved the um, the sharpshooter on the ropes. I just thought that looked yeah. so cool. Mm. That, 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 that hit the notes for me. Um, I loved... I loved just the way that Natty carried herself. Like every time she'd pull something over on, on Becky, she'd stop and raise her arms and just, she had a slight heelishness. I saw her yell at the crowd one time, but she never quite went all the way over that way. She was still working her crowd. You know, was that out, was that out by the, uh, the announce table? Yeah. I couldn't tell if she was yelling at the announcers or the crowd. I wasn't or, sure. Yeah. I just, I liked how, how, how much edge there was to her. It was good yes. because she just felt a little too, uh, too safe you know and so i really like this match this is probably like i said one of the two matches of the night for me um you know and the other one we'll get to later but yeah i thought it was a great match and the shame of it all is it's pretty much going to end up getting forgotten now because of sasha's return uh last night right exactly and and you know that's the thing is you know after watching the the natalia match i just kind of thought to myself of like okay well where we where do we go you know from here we got our answer last night at Raw. Um, really looking forward to that feud. Really looking forward to seeing mm. how they build that narrative. I am fine if they want to stretch it out as long as possible. Um, go for it. Go. I mean, they need the women's division needs a in, at least in Raw needs a top heel right mm -hmm. now contending yeah. for the title. I would say same same thing for SmackDown. They have no idea what they're doing with the title mm -hmm. uh, on the SmackDown they, side. They're so. just. I can tell you exactly what they're doing on the SmackDown side. They're they're trying to stall as long as possible from putting Charlotte back in the title picture. Right. And that's right. all that's all that their plan is. See, the problem that I see that we're running into is that, you know, you've got amazing singles competitors with, with Asuka. I mean, look at the streak that she had in NXT. And frankly, for the first close to a year that she was at the WWE on the main roster. Yeah. Amazing competitor and one of the best coming out of Japan. Kyrie Sane, if you know you haven't seen her in NXT, do yourself a favor and go check out some of her matches. She's phenomenal. These are two, but the problem is you run into issues with mic skills, and so as a result, they're getting yeah. stuffed and buried. Um, you know, but the problem that they're going to look at is that they they keep calling people up from NXT, and they use them for a few months, and then they lose track of what to do with them. Ember Moon, Asuka, you know. Um, Nikki Cross, they're finally starting to find some use, but I'm still not really in love with how they're using her because um, she's not the same character that you got in NXT. Uh, you go ahead and take a look at... Um, Riot Squad. You know, Riot Squad, is they were Ronda Rousey's punching bags, and that's it. Uh, you know, you look at Lacey Evans, she's got a nice big push, but where was she this time around? You know, vanished. Vanished. Yeah. So I think that's one of the problems that they've got to look at is... They're not building their women's wrestlers. It, they're no. using them and losing them. And I think that if you want to actually kind of keep this evolution evolving, you've got to grow and not just have disposable characters. And I you think wanna, that's one of the problems we're running into. You want to keep it growing. you got to give them their own show. And, and I think they're going to kill them. Give them time. 
to have actual storylines for more than you know three matches over two shows. Well, Give the women their own show. Or, or here's the thing. You know what? And this may not be the most popular thing to say. Maybe don't have the a large chunk of the entire show be just about Becky. I mean, I know she's popular, yeah. but you know, you, there's also some value in make you know kind of wetting people's appetite. And don't put her out every single time, you know. Uh, give other people a little bit of a chance. Build some opponents for her, you know. And that way you'll maintain her well-being in addition to growing a whole crop behind her. I gotta be honest with you. I think yeah. I th- I've cooled on Becky. I'm not gonna lie. I've cooled yep. on it um, because from a from a mic skills standpoint, she's fantastic. But in, when it comes to in ring technicians, she's 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 middle of the pack. She really is. Um, that's not being, I don't think I'm being, you know, mean when I say that. Um, so, but the problem is the ones that are the really great technicians, like the Baileys, like the Ember Moons, um, they just, you can't, you can't listen to them on mic. And the problem that the WWE is facing right now, especially, you know, with NXT and, and even Impact, the, the, some of the best female professional wrestlers in the industry overall are not in the wwe um tessa blanchard for instance is a great example um who are captivating incredible technicians great on the mic they're not in the the, that in this company so that's the problem that you have is that you're trying to work with you know less than so let's just go ahead i was was gonna gonna say say the the, like my my i've been saying this for over a year now like the, the women need their own show the reason I say that is because they don't have enough storyline to go around for all the women that they have up on the main roster. Right. And so they, they don't have enough time to get the reps that they need to be good on the mic. To it, or if if they're if they're good on the mic and they're not good enough in the in the ring, they don't have the reps to balance that out. Or vice versa, if they're bad on the mic and good in the ring. Mm-hmm. So they they need their own show. I'm sorry, but they need their own show. 100%. I'll say it every every single time we do this podcast <laughs> until I actually get it. Well, just because I would, we're talking, I would watch that too. Over, I would watch it every week over 205. Every week, yeah. I would every watch week. that over NXT. A hundred percent. Bring back Sunday Night Heat. I, you know? <laughs> I don't bring watch NXT as it is, but if it was on, it was on TV. I would watch it. There you go. Well, I would you know, find what? time for a women's show. Because we're talking about this topic, let's just skip ahead real quick and just talk about the SmackDown Women's Championship okay. match between Bailey and Ember Moon. Um, again, not much to really to say about this. The crowd wasn't invested. I wasn't invested. No. Yeah. I think I think giving putting the belt on Bailey was just to keep make keep her happy in a way. Yeah. Um, because she's done nothing with this title. Um, I'm actually I I would fully support her just making her a keel. At this point, because at least that would be interesting in some fashion. But mm. again, the the problem with you have with the SmackDown roster is that you've got Charlotte and then everything else. Um, there's no real, you know, face to really challenge her. And if it's they're trying sizzle. to make right, if you're trying to make Bailey that, I'm not buying. I'm not buying it. I'm sorry. No, no. This this was a match between two babyface uh, wrestlers, and there was no heat between them. Nope. It was zero there. Ugh. Yeah. <laughs> Enough said. Enough said on that one. All right. Let's talk about Goldberg versus Dolph Ziggler, which I called the Goldberg redemption match. Like, yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. I was not ready for Saudi Arabia match. Um, I, I Again. He wasn't either. Yeah. No. <laughs> I, I think this was just, again, a favor to, to Goldberg. 
course. Um, uh, so yeah, nothing, nothing. Much, was, yeah. It's the same. It's it's they did the same thing for Goldberg that they did for the Undertaker at the last right. pay per view. Right. Was so, to rehab him and help him save face. Every now and again, when I'm grading a paper, I will get a paper that is a clear cut failing paper. But there'll be like one or two lines in there that are just genius. They're really funny. And they'll get a like an immediate response from me. And that's what – I can't even call this a match. That's what this segment was. It was just a blatant failure of a segment. <laughs> but it left parts where I'm like, for all the wrong reasons, I think I kind of liked elements of it. Yeah, I did um, too. <laughs> you know, so when you see Goldberg coming out – and I will tell you right now, I am a wicked mark for Goldberg. If I'm sitting upstairs and like folding laundry, I will throw on the network and I will go watch some old you know, Goldberg highlights just because – what a buzz. Oh, he's awesome. <laughs> I did Holding that. laundry, I watching Goldberg. <laughs> Welcome weird, to Midland. Weird associations. <laughs> no, but like, you know, and his entrance was fantastic, you know, oh, and, yeah. and granted, like, I understand it also probably caused some head injuries for him, but like watching this, this opening, like he gives that yell. It was like this, oh, like, oh yeah, I got to yell here. I'm like, wait, is he awake? He seemed so subdued on the walk, you know, to, uh, to the, to the apron. And I was like, that it just felt like the energy level was low. Now he comes out and he kind of gets the punches and the kicks and all this good stuff. The the fireworks go off and that's great. Um, but yeah, it just it, it started lower energy than I'm ever used to seeing from Goldberg. Um, well, that could be because of what happened. I mean, did you hear what happened backstage before the match? No. So this I don't know how this is not obviously breaking news. Before. Breaking news, but I guess it was either a couple hours or maybe you know an hour before the match. Uh, he bumped into Matt Riddle backstage. Oh and, gosh! And, oh, Matt Riddle. Oh, no. And if you're familiar with what's going on between them, Matt Riddle was talking smack on Twitter about Goldberg, especially after the Saudi Arabia show, calling him the worst professional wrestler in the industry. <laughs> Not putting it lightly. Um, yeah, and, I heard that. Um, these two literally had—I I wouldn't even call it a confrontation. It was just like an awkward bump into each other um and and actually um on the like the watch show that they do where they have people that aren't wrestling that night watch the the pay-per-view and react to it um matt rule talked about that that encounter and how awkward it is where he he kept calling uh goldberg bro and goldberg kept saying i'm not your bro and your bro bro i'm not your bro bro (laughs) and like and goldberg was like we got to talk and matt riddle was like yeah bro we should and goldberg just kept saying i'm not your bro so i don't know if that perhaps had anything to do with like how his mindset was when he walked into the ring but uh that that could possibly potentially be a reason who knows I knew of Riddle's Twitter shots, but I didn't know that they ran into each other. That's that's hilarious. <laughs> Very awkward. So, so I have to say, like, I mean, Ziggler looked like a hot early '90s mess. It was he looked awful. So he needs to fire his his designer, or I don't even know. But part of me, I, I really loved seeing him getting just beaten up so much because yeah. I can't stand him. So there was some sadistic pleasure in just watching him continually that- getting drilled. Uh, but the problem I kept looking at, though, is like, where does he go from here? Like, uh, you literally drove him into the ground. And we see that basically play out again, you know, last night with Monday Night Raw. Like, he just, everyone is just grinding his face. And so how do you take this guy seriously? What happens when you actually lose to him? You know, like, where does he go from here? That That's the one problem. There was, I think, some sadistic laughter we could all have out of out of seeing him getting beaten down. But for the character... 
what do you do with him from this point? Yeah, I mean, it's not great. Um, I, I thought he took the first the first spear. It looked like it killed him. Mm-hmm. Like like it looked like he got obliterated by it. And credit to him. <laughs> and credit to him, which because was great. He let yeah. Goldberg. He let Goldberg have a, a clean end. To oh yeah. His career. Yeah. But like so. you're right, it's it's not great for his character in the long run, and I mean. <sighs> It is and it isn't. Like, they haven't known what to do with Dolph Ziggler for years. So the fact that he's actually doing something right now and it's not 100% completely awful is, and it's only like 90% completely awful <laughs> is is kind of a, like, half step in the right direction. Right. If you're looking at it, you know, with your eyes squinted and cockeyed and tilted head and Half drunk, like that's the half, glass half full that you can get. Well, I keep, to. I keep hearing. I mean, I, I don't know how much time is left on his contract, but he's I think always he just signed an extension. Oh, good lord, did he? Yeah, like a year ago. <laughs> oh, then maybe yeah. he's just gonna pay in some dues before something happens. But I mean, he is, he is someone that I could see perpetually in that U.S. Intercontinental title pitcher. I, he's right. not, he's not a main eventer, at least not yet. He's I call him the, the best overseller in the company right now. Yeah. Um like he like like that spear, like you mentioned, like it looked like it killed him because he's just really good at selling stuff. Um and but yeah, I just I don't he's he's I give him credit, he's a he's a worker. If he did resign an extension, like good for him. Um I, I was actually looking forward to seeing what he could do potentially at, at AEW, but I mean who knows? But he's, he's got all the technical, but he has no personality yeah. that that sticks. I honestly right. think he's the type of guy where you you pull him off off the in the front of the camera and you go have him train developing wrestlers with their mat work, and he will he will shine. His, I mean, his, his claim problem... to fame right. Go ahead. I was about to say his claim to fame right now is that he dated Amy Schumer, and she talked. <laughs> she used to talk about him a lot on on her stand up, and that's really all I know. The. Uh... <laughs> His problem is if he's not in the hunt for the U.S. title or the IC belt, they don't know, they don't have a story for him. Right, plain and simple. And that's too bad because the belt should not make the wrestler or the character. The character could be enhanced by, right. it, but should be able to operate on their own. I mean, nothing that they're doing right now is worse than the fact that when he won the IC belt, what a year ago, mm-hmm. he relinquished it the la- the the very next night, mm. yeah. and then just walked away, and then we didn't see him again for. I don't. I don't remember how long. Right. That's a good point. That's a good so point. Like they just. They just have no idea what to do with them. Yeah, we shall see. We shall see. All right. Well, let's move on. So let's speaking talk about the of US, US champ. Oh, speaking yeah. exactly. Speaking of yeah. US championship. This is what we had. What was initially my thought was going to be potentially the match of the night was AJ Styles defeating Ricochet via pinfall to retain the title. Um, solid match. Solid match between these two. Um, great chemistry. Uh, I, I kind of think this is the end for Ricochet in terms of like this feud, and especially yeah. what we saw in mm-hmm. Raw, definitely. But um, yeah, Force, what did you think about this match? Same thing. I mean, this is this is where it's so funny because I just like, oh my gosh, I feel like we're all kind of synced up here. Um, <laughs> it was definitely the one that I was looking for to be the match of the night, and and it wasn't. Um, now that said, it was not a bad match. Still it just pretty good. Yeah. I part of me kind of wanted to know like what could they have done with five more minutes? You know what I mean? Um and, and 
could they have gotten a little bit more going? I thought there was a couple, you know, there were a couple really good spots. I really super enjoyed Ricochet's um, kind of like hopscotching across Anderson and Gallows. Yeah, that was awesome. And hit um, AJ. You know, so we still got to see a couple really cool kind of high-flying pieces. I absolutely loved the Nightwing costume. And yes, Kenny, that was, yes, the, was Nightwing. the Nightwing. Do I not try to school me on my comic knowledge. <laughs> I was um, really hoping you were going to go to me for this match first, Chris. Because I, oh, I was going to point out the Nightwing outfit. Oh, I see. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, sure you were. <laughs> <laughs> but no, you know, I think it was one of those pieces where... Um, I just, it just didn't quite have that same pop that I've seen from their previous matches. You know what I mean? There were one or two shots that I thought I saw that where there was a little bit too much space between, you know, the strike and then the reaction. Um, so the timing felt a little bit off on Ricochet's part. Um, yeah. But you know, like I said, it was one of those pieces where I kind of wanted to see Ricochet take the win because I think it would, it would really, it would help him. Um, I don't think AJ necessarily needs it, but as soon as like I kind of watched the ending of it, I was like, you know what though, AJ doesn't necessarily need the title per se, but I think the OC does. I think it yeah. did a real when I when I saw AJ with a belt and you got Anderson and Gallows with the Raw Tag Championship belts. I'm like, you know what, that really solidifies this faction because not everybody knows about their time together in the Bullet Club, but they're gonna see that, and that had a, a really strong impact. So overall. Yeah. I thought this was like a nice B plus match. I think it's told a story. I think there was a couple good spots in there. It just I don't feel like either one of those wrestlers hit the heights that we know that they can do. Mm. Yeah, it mm. seems like uh, I don't mean to say this to slight AJ Styles, but it seems like every single pay per view we we ex- we you know kind of pencil him in or put a star next to his matches like that could be the match of the night, and then they all end up being in like the, the B plus range. And, and so we're all maybe just like a little disappointed that it didn't steal a show when it but was th- still just really solid. But I think Kenny, it's because think about the main roster, how many guys on the main oh, roster yeah, no. are I, consistently delivering during TV matches. Like yeah. AJ does. Nobody and, else and does. So, so maybe, maybe I do mean that as a little bit of a slight that we, he's not, <laughs> He's not entirely living up to our expectations. Well, I think he also needs a special type of opponent. I, I mean, yes. he's. Yeah. I, I think a lot of times, especially the last couple of pay-per-views I've seen, it feels like he looks like he's trying to carry the match in a way. Um, and it just it just doesn't work because of the, the people that he's working with. I mean, you know, WrestleMania was a good example of that. But um, yeah, it's just, and I, I think though, now that he's a heel, now that you know they're really developing this this you know the the club so to speak the OC, um, it does make way for some pretty interesting things. I'm mm. really interested in this feud with Seth Rollins now. Like I'm in like good, please, yes, I'm invested. Um, I think he does have to drop that U.S. title, like get that out of the picture. But um, yeah, I'm, I'm I'm really interested to see what what happens going forward. So and I also I gotta say the ending of the match where where Ricochet jumped off the top rope. And oh, into the yeah. Styles Clash, oh, great! Yeah, that was that was phenomenal. Fantastic. By the way, real quick thing on Ricochet, uh, he is dating um, another WWE wrestler. I can't remember her name. She's like, uh, I think her name is Casey. She's the girl that did the American Ninja Warrior. 
Um, oh, in NXT? In NXT. But okay. she does, his girlfriend does these great reaction videos on YouTube where she watches his matches and reacts to them. Uh, and it's fantastic, by the way, because she has no idea what's going to happen. Mm. So she's reacting you know, live on the spot to some of these spots in this match. And it's just, it's, it's awesome. So yeah. Right. Really he's Kevin Zaro. Thank you. He's, yeah. He's really fun to watch. Yep. Great to watch. Huge future for him. All right, let's get into it. Kevin Owens defeating Shane McMahon. And what I hope is the last time that these two have to work together. Um, <laughs> please. Please. Kevin Owens is hot right now. He's so yeah. hot right now that Kevin Owens. So hot. So hot right now. Um, so. <laughs> I mean, I, 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 I'll I, be honest with you. I do wish he had a different finisher that he was using other than a stunner. It just feels like that, <laughs> that's reserved for one person and one person only. But let's put it. Let's put it. Let's stick a cork in that DVD, one for, right? for later. DVD. Okay. Okay. Because I want to, I want to, I want to get back to that later on. All right, we'll we'll we'll, we'll put it. We'll, we'll circle back around to that real quick. But Ken, what did you think about this match? I, I thought the the match was a little bit of a mixed bag. Um, yeah, I thought that uh, it made sense to have Elias come down uh, to to have a little bit of the stacking of the deck to to make Ko's career seem like it would be like a little more in peril than than just going up like mano a mano against Shane would be, because honestly, like. Shane can't really wrestle, <laughs> so it's not it's not that fair of a fight. So uh, it made sense to to do that. Um, but the whole like him getting distracted outside of the ring and almost getting counted out a couple of times kind of made him look a little dumb. I thought um, and distract like it just it wasn't a great look for him. Mm. Um, but I, I did like the way that they ended the match at least with. Um, you know him throwing the steel chair. I, I liked. I liked. Uh, first, I liked Elias throwing the steel chair into the ring, and and them trying to get Kevin Owens to get himself disqualified. Mm, okay. uh, that was that was clever. Um, but yeah, overall, like it's probably the the best they could have gotten the with the build up that they had to this match. Right. Right. Forrest, so, how about you? Yeah. This needed to be a, a squash. We like mm. honestly, we just needed. And the thing is, you know, Ko was probably the standout for me in the TV going into this pay per view. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think I sent you guys a message joking when I'm like, Ko speaks for me, like because it was a great. It, it really kind of captured the point. I think a lot of us have been frustrated with when we all saw back in December, January, where you know the McMahon's came out and said, "Oh, I think it's going to be different," and it got worse. And the ratings have been tanking, so I, I loved I loved that angle that they took with him. Um, you know when we f- we got that fake or that you know false startup face turn for for um, Ko, I was really excited, and then it turned. Uh, I really want to see him as a face. I, I think Me he's too. just he's so awesome on the mic. And I think that's part of what this match did not have for me is I did not get the story and the personality of the wrestler coming through in the match as much it was a very paint by numbers match you know the face has the you know the deck stacked against him uh you have the the back and forth with the ref is he going to get disqualified or not and you know and and honestly he didn't seem as tight on i mean there's a couple moves i thought he was he was tight on i think you know the one thing i did notice though was like when he was doing the um with the stunner he didn't connect with the kick it was you you can see some space there it was it was a missed shot there so it kind of it really took the uh, the gas out of the the finisher for me, mm. um, you know. I just this was kind of 
a bit of a wet fart <laughs> of an ending of this storyline. <laughs> but you know what though? Like Shane, that that's pretty much Shane McMahon, and I need a break from him. Yeah. So, but well, yeah, I guess we all need a break from Shane. Is, not not where to spoil do you things. go from here? Like where does where does KO take this heat that he's built against the machine? Where does he go next? And I think well, that's the next thing I'm. That's wondering. a great question, and not to spoil things, but SmackDown is happening as we speak. And I don't, I'm not going to go into detail, but I will say that Shane McMahon is not going anywhere anytime soon. <laughs> uh, and this feud, this feud is going to keep going. So there you go. Uh, that wet fart is going to last all through September. Uh, at least till Fight of the Champions. Clash of the Champions. Um, all right. Well, let's move on. Let's move on. Because, no, I mean, if they're going to continue on this ride with Shane, I'm, I don't want to waste time with it. Um, but let's talk about Charlotte Flair versus Trish Stratus, which was, i got to be honest with you, a better match. Than I thought it was going to be. That's that's like the my narrative, but mm. still, I feel Charlotte was wasted at SummerSlam. Hot take, I know. Ken, what do you think? Honestly, I thought that to this point in the night, it was the best match uh, to this point. Mm. Um, I thought, hey, yeah, I, I, and maybe that's the kind of like low expectations of having. Trish, who was from the Attitude Era and the Diva Era, coming back to wrestle, um, but and and then being pleasantly surprised by by how um, how much they actually worked in the, in the match. But uh, I thought Trish had never looked better as a wrestler, and probably a big reason for that was Charlotte. Uh, and I also thought this was the best match of Trish's career. Mm. So. I'll take those last two statements and completely agree with you. Uh, I, I think it was the best match she's had. Uh, I don't I think thought, she's ever been in a match that long. No, that's and, not, it was funny. Uh, I, Chris and I were watching Sunday night. You didn't get to watch the full thing until Monday, I believe, right? Right. And I said to Chris uh, toward the end of the match, I was like, is this the longest match that Trish has ever had? <laughs> and then... We were you and I were talking while you were watching it. You said the exact same thing to me. (laughs) So, but the thing I I would look at is if you have two students and one gets a zero on a quiz and one gets a 50 on a quiz, the one kid with a 50 can turn to the other and say, ha ha, I got 50 points higher than you. But at the end of the day, they both got F's. Uh, You know, this may have been her best match. And this may have been a good example of how Charlotte can carry somebody through an entire match. At one point during one of the Stratus factions, you literally saw Charlotte carry and turn Trish around and then kind of drop into the finish. Um, It was just god-awful long. It needed to be four minutes at most. Mm. Uh, There is no way you can tell me that Charlotte, who was going head-to-head and just came up short with Ronda Rousey, would ever spend 15 minutes with Trish Stratus. Four minutes is generous. What we should have gotten was when you saw Alexa Bliss lose her belt to Ronda Rousey, that kind of squash match. The only reason why that lasted longer was because Alexa kept running out of the ring. And since Trish isn't going to do that in the in the face position, um, this should not have lasted this long. You know, I would for me, been... you can't have it be a squash. Uh, not I a squash, but you know, it, it need, I I agreed. I think it needed to be quicker. My biggest thing with it was it, it was a one off. It was just it it didn't it didn't progress Charlotte in any direction nope. one way or another. Um, it's not like Trish was this like unbeatable 
legend in her time, so to speak. So it's not like Charlotte, you know, if she was still alive, like squashing China or something like that. Um, so then she could claim that she's like the legend of legends or something like that. Um, for me, what I thought would might be better was somehow having a run in from somebody, whether it's Bailey, whether it's Oscar, whether it's somebody who they want to push against Charlotte, somehow right. interfere, costing yeah. her the match against Trish. That would have been a good play. Right. And then you've yeah, got in there. That, I, I disagree because the, the, the whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> you could disagree all you want. Every single time you have a generation versus generation match, you never want to see someone outside interfere and 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 have a say in the outcome. Okay. Virtual show of hands. Who wanted to see that? I did. I, I did. I wow. Did. <laughs> wow. <laughs> well, you Who guys disagree. Just, yeah. Fine. <laughs> there you go. Fine. Sweet. All right. Let's move on. Let's move on to my second. Well, actually, this might have been like the Charlotte was one of the most frustrating matches for me to watch. Let's go to the most frustrating match for me of the night, which was the WWE Championship between Kofi Kingston and Randy Orton. Now, I'm going to go on a little bit of a short rant here, okay? I am ready to be done with Kofi Kingston. Mm. He he won the title. Great story. Great narrative. He has done nothing with it since. There is nothing compelling about Kofi Kingston with the belt in his hand. The chase was the, the journey, the achievement. Definitely deserves a standing ovation. He's definitely going to be in the Hall of Fame someday. But I, I'm ready for this championship to move on to a different person to get a different storyline uh, because what we saw on Sunday was frustrating and the crowd in Toronto definitely agree with me. Uh, we got a, we had a mysterious, the quickest double count out I've ever seen. That was a in, fast double count. I think it was, it, I mean, it was like three Mississippi. I mean, that was like, <laughs> that was quick. Um, or like actually 10 seconds. Like they really, like they, they really made it 10 seconds. Um, they're, I guess they're trying to build some type of storyline between Kofi Kingston and Randy Orton, whatever. Um, it was dumb. It was stupid. It was frustrating. This could have been the match of the night. I actually going into it. I said, man, this could be the match of the night from a narrative to a storyline standpoint. Um, this could be amazing. And it was just a freaking waste. And, and I am, here's my issue. Hmm. Do these waste of matches on Raw's SmackDowns and you know Money in the Bank uh, backlash type of pay per views? Don't do it at SummerSlam. Like, don't do. I mean, I don't need something like this to resolve itself at Clash of the Champions or Clash of the Champions. I mean, this this like, SummerSlam should have been the penultimate, you know, moment for these two wrestlers with Andy with Randy Orton taking the title. But that's mm, me. No. That's me. Forrest, what, what did you? How did you? Oh, <laughs> since since Ken is interjecting him himself to this conversation <laughs> can so, i'll start with you no i just let me ask you were were you was the whole match a waste or was it just the ending that that you're upset with it was here's the good this is the analogy i'll make for it i have a tough time re-watching tv shows that have terrible series finales that's or fair. terrible this okay. is what it felt like like but this is this is like a this isn't a series finale this is this is a like mid-season finale and it was terrible. I gotta go with Ken on this one. Oh, ah! So just take just hey, take the belt. Show of hands. Show of hands. <laughs> I I'm so conflicted. Like this was a match I was not as interested in. Uh, I I think in pretty much every podcast that I've been on with you guys, I've I've voiced my 
lack of interest in Kofi as champ. I just I I, I just don't see it. I do. I, I I grew up on '80s '90s wrestling. I have kind of been conditioned by Vince to some extent. Um, boy, I got to tell you what though. This was my my second pick for match of the night. I loved the daylights out of this match, and the crowd could not have been more wrong. Uh, I, I have to go with Ken because I this was not Tina series finale. Um, to me, this was. I'm hoping, and there's a lot of like, well, I want to see where they go with this. I'm hoping this is a turning point for Kofi, and if they don't, then I want the belt off of him. But I love the fact that he broke. Like, I hate yeah. the whole New Day shtick. I hate the whole, like, silly, goofy, ha-ha, gaga that they, they are continually doing. Like, they are great wrestlers. I want to watch them be great wrestlers. And I want them to be dangerous. And the thing is, Randy Orton did something really well in that match. And he brought that side of Kofi out. And mm. I understand that there was a bit of a... You know AJ Styles Samoa Joe rehash playing out here, but it worked for me. I thought that was great. I loved the fact that you know he didn't go for the win over Randy Orton. He broke Randy Orton, and the fact that Randy Orton got an emotional visceral visceral response out of somebody I, I, that was great. I loved this match. This was the first time where I watched a Kofi defense, and I was like, that was a champion fighting right there. That mm. absolutely worked for me. Um, you know, I thought there were some good high spots, which I was really, you know, I'm always, I'm always up for those. Um, the, uh, the RK, the, the RKO, oh, the RKO from the third rope. I'm sorry. That was sick. Was <laughs> no, this, this match worked for me on every level, but here's the Chris. I totally get where you're coming from. I think if you look at SummerSlam in the same exact light as, as a WrestleMania, it, it drops the ball. But for me, I look at it as kind of, um, kind of an apex point and now where do we go from here i think this opens up some storytelling possibilities for kofi yeah. to finally start breaking away from some of the, the 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 silly gaga which i i just like i said i hate it um but i think if they just go back to status quo return to normal then pull the belt get it on somebody else who's going to do something you know i, mean, I, I think go ahead go ahead i Ken. think i'm like 85 percent with fours uh and the 15 percent that I, I would disagree with was would be that I didn't. I didn't care for the ending. Um, I, I liked everything up until it. I thought they were they were building to a good finish, and then they just schmozzed all over, all over it, and, and that kind of left a sour taste in my mouth. Yeah. But I, I I do think that this is the start of like a two or three pay per view uh, story between these two guys that that maybe culminates with Randy um, getting the belt. At I don't, I don't necessarily think the next pay per view, but maybe the one afterwards. Um, I, I feel like, especially since they they've gone back like a decade to tell the story with 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 um, their match a decade like in two thousand ten wow, or yeah, eleven two thousand nine ten yeah yeah where where he he yelled at him in the ring for botching the ending of their match. Um, See that that. I thought that was brilliant. And if that's, yeah. you know, some, well, something I, between, you know, Bischoff, uh, if, if that's his influence on that, um, brilliant. Maybe. Move. Mm-hmm. I, I think, I think it's kind of tough to, to go that far back. And, and especially when there's really been hardly anything between those two since if like, or at least that stood out. Um, so 
but in the grand scheme of things, um, I thought that uh, you know they 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 were telling a good story. It, it got kind of ruined by the end. They recovered a little bit with the kendo sticks, uh, and then I think it, it leads to better better storytelling down the road or now, more opportunities. I, I'm going to be 100 percent honest with you. Uh, I I think I I think that they have handled Kofi and the New Day at least in the past, like since WrestleMania in the completely wrong way, but that's just me. That's just me. Um, I would love to have seen Biggie return and turn on the Kofi. That's just, that's just me. But um, I, I think I agree with you. Brilliant storytelling up to this point. I think what failed for me and, and Ken, you and I talked about a little bit of this on the phone was the thing that made Kofi snap was Randy Orton, just looking at his. Yeah. Kid. Yeah, the whole thing was like that's where I'm not buying it. Because Randy, let me check my notes. Looked at his son. He didn't just point, didn't looked point at, at him. him. Didn't say something to him. Didn't make a gesture. Right. He he looked at him. Like if if you want to say okay, maybe he the kid was holding a soda and Randy Orton slaps it out of his hand. Slaps it out of his hand. Ooh. I mean, gives the kid an RKO. <laughs> See, I don't know. Like I looked at that, and you've got Randy sitting there holding, you know. um, you know, standing over Kofi, holding him just in a broken kind of fashion and presenting the broken father of the son. Yeah. To me, no, no, no. Like that was like, I'm like, whoa, that is nasty. And or and like that, I would have like loved Andy Randy to like grab Kofi's head and like shoved it like into his family and be like, look what I'm doing to your dad and stuff. Like doing something like that. Right. Something. <laughs> but like he was just looking at him. And that's yeah. gonna make Kofi snap. So I needed something more to buy into this. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. But what I what I was saying before, the fact that they're going back a decade to tell this story, um, I like that. I like it, that. It, it makes Orton a mountain that he has to conquer beyond just having the belt. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. defeating Randy Orton at this point in his career as champion further legitimizes him as a champion. Mm. If he if he can if he can defeat Randy, I like it because like of it. their of what happened in their past. Mm. Good points. All right, well, let's move on because we're going to get a lot of answers, I'm sure, with SmackDown tonight about that. So I'm really interested right. in seeing where they go. But let's go on to what I feel is one of the most memorable debuts, or I guess you could say re-debuts. Repackaging. Repackaging. Uh, of Bray Wyatt as The Fiend. We finally got to see The Fiend in action. And I got to be honest with you, it looked like a quicker, faster, more intense version of Bray Wyatt. I was loving it. Finn Balor definitely did his part in, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. giving him the rub, so to speak. Um, and it wasn't a complete squash, but still, I loved pretty close, pretty close. But I also loved what, what Finn Balor did in terms of his outfit. I mean, yep. just coming yes. in and just sparkling white. white. Yes. Um, if if you the look, fiend. there's there's <laughs> one point where they have him backlit and they have the, the spotlight behind his head. They they created a halo effect on him. Mm. It was brilliant camera work. I was so impressed with and that. And then as soon as they did it, I'm like, oh no. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> this is not gonna end this is not gonna end well. Um but I am interested, I mean if are they so gonna try the to tights. Yeah, I mean <laughs> with the round tights. <laughs> I know I was. Um look I mean I, I think there's a lot of brilliance about this this fiend character. I think this is one of the best things that the WWE has done in a while in terms of taking their time constructing this character, getting people invested. The pro- the problem was that like 
the fans were really into it. So like in terms of like the healness of it, so to speak, I mean, I think they were doing a little, little too many chants there, like a little too much. (laughs) My question is, where do they, (laughs) I've been hearing for months on the dirt sheets that Finn Balor is going to take a break after SummerSlam. Um, We might not see him until Survivor Series. That's, that's, the, the the rumor so to speak that he's yeah. he's literally going to take a long the, break i'll put it this um, way the the odds for this match were the the most astronomical of any match on the card ray was mm-hmm. everybody else was if you looked at the any of the betting lines which yes you can bet on wrestling uh, which is absurd um but the most of the most of the lines were in like the you know minus 450 270 180 range if it, you know Bray was minus thirty five hundred to win this match. <laughs> Good lord! Because <laughs> everybody Good knew lord. it was his first match back, and right. Finn had re- and Finn had requested time off after SummerSlam. Here's so. here's what I am super excited about. I mean, like, I did not pick this as match of the night only because it wasn't really a match. Uh, it was it was storytelling, straight up. We're getting a story. We're meeting a character, um, but I love the idea of we're gonna have a couple months where Finn's out of the picture mm-hmm. and I wanted to see Bray buzzsaw through people. Mm-hmm. I wanted to see him tear people up with the fiend. And then when Finn comes back, I want to see the demon come back and put him down. And I mean, that's, that's going to be, I think you're going to have some crazy pop when, when that comes down. Oh yeah. So, but I, I was, it was so great. The only, the only thing I would say that I, I was not in love with, and I'm not in love with, with the fiend and it's a nitpick. I hate the mandible claw. It is such okay. an unbelievable move. And here's where we bring it back around. Okay, here we go. <laughs> so the, the stunner is back. <laughs> the mandible claw is back. When does Roman Reigns get to bring back the rock bottom? <laughs> I mean, I want the, the fiend kind of did a rock bottom thing. last night. Like, Actually, my, my real question, though, is which finishing move do, would you guys like to see or finisher? Uh, or submission hold, I guess. Would you guys like to see be brought back? And since we're bringing these things back, I mean, million dollar dream. <laughs> million dollar dream. I'd love to see an effective off the top rope elbow, like <laughs> a la the Macho Man, well, and, and not like a Bailey elbow. No, no. Well, Kari Sane does a really interesting take on it, but yeah, um, she does. Uh, yeah, no, we're seeing. I mean, this is where like WWE has elbow. entered. WWE has entered the Disney realm of like we're just gonna repackage things as like for the nineties. <laughs> How come nobody does a uh, uh, a power bomb uh, like 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 uh, Kevin Nash used to do? Because people right? got hurt doing the power bomb. Well, okay, there is that. <laughs> Spines had something to say with that. <laughs> or the Razor's Edge. Like, give me the Razor's Edge. Ooh, you know, Razor's like, Edge. You know, come on now. Yeah. Anyway, anyway, well, let's go. Let's move on to the go home match. The the main event. Oh wait, 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 wait. I'm sorry. sorry. Am I moving too fast? Uh, Yes, we we didn't even talk about the lantern. (laughs) The most disturbing, the most disturbing thing of the entire, like repackaging of Bray Wyatt as the fiend, was not not the not the theme song, not the mask, not the not the lights going out and the sound effects that go with it every time. That they don't need because it would be more convincing if there were no sound effects to the lights turning off. Right. It, it was the lantern in a severed Bray Wyatt head. 
That's so messed up. And can we be really clear on this? This was the I think one of the first recent since the PGA era kicked into gear. They Whoa. got a TV 14 for tonight, and you saw that TV 14 sitting why. on the edge of the ring in the form of Bray Wyatt's head with the eyelids sewn up. With the eyelids sewn together. Like <laughs> I gotta admit, I was ambivalent about the fiend mask, and you know I've been a little bit on the fence with Bray Wyatt's uh, TV Funhouse thing. But last night I was and the light coming out I of the like so, mouth. Oh, it was. I was I was a hundred percent in. Well, I under I, I I have to go back and check this, but I believe I read that um, Tom Savini's shop created all this. They created the mask, uh, created the lantern. So the lantern is just that, that's just some next level stuff. Next level. I, mean, I did that's not just, expect. <laughs> The thing is, Bray Wyatt has got enough, you know, heft to him, but enough speed where he could have a really good finishing move. And that's the one piece I wish that they would polish for him is get him a more convincing finish. Because, you know, if I kick you in the stomach and then I go ahead and wrap my arm around your, you know, your head and then I drop down on the ground, your stomach's going to hurt and your back's going to hurt and your neck's going to hurt. But if I go ahead and shove my hand in your mouth, you're going to bite me and I'm going to lose some fingers. Like, I don't win in that scenario. So I think they have so much that's working well for this character. Drop the stupid mandible claw and get an actual finisher. He's a wrestler who, who's got the chops to do almost any kind of finisher you want him to do. Um, and that's it. You do that. You've got an amazing package ready to go uh, for when Finn comes back as the demon and, and just have a real slobber knocker. The demon and the fiend will meet down the road. Oh, so I mean, that is a given Survivor Series. Survivor Series. Hell in a Cell. Are you kidding me? (laughs) Book it right now. And the fiend and Hell in a Cell. How does it not get more? I mean, honestly, like they should bring back Halloween Havoc just to have that match. (laughs) Just to have that match. (laughs) Spin the wheel, make the deal. All right. (laughs) But we digress. Now we can move on. Let's get into the Universal Championship, which, in my opinion, was the match of the night. You got Seth Rollins winning back the W the Universal Championship for the second time in four months. By the way, he's beaten Brock Lesnar. Um, guys, what were your thoughts on this match? I was surprised that Seth won, but Forrest, I'm going to start with you. So two things really stood out to me out of this match. Um, the first one was I have a little bit more of an appreciation for uh, Brock Lesnar as a wrestler. I mean, don't get me wrong. I, I like Lesnar a lot, especially pre-PG era. Um, I, uh, he's got all the right stuff in all the right places, you know. Uh, and then having Heyman kind of brings him to that next level. Um, but I wasn't 100% in love with him coming back as a part-time champ. I hate the part-time champ thing. But I'll say, though, like he hasn't lost his edge in the ability to make another wrestler look good. And yeah. that's one of the skills that I always look for in a really good you know, technician and wrestler. Um, so I think really kudos to Brock Lesnar for selling Seth Rollins and putting Seth Rollins over. Um, the other thing that really kind of stood out to me is that this, this was, I think, the ending that Seth Rollins absolutely had to have. Um, because he did not have a clean finish. It was a cheap finish when he got it the first time. Um, this this was a clean finish. And yep. how many times has Brock Lesnar really had a lot of clean finishes on him? Um, and I think that's what really sets him apart on, on this piece. Um, so I think those are the two pieces that stood out for me. It was good. It checked a lot of the boxes. Not my match of the night, you know. but I would say like a definite like B-plus good, good finish for the night. This was my match of the night, hands down. Um, I, I thought that the 
like it's, like I said, when I talked about Charlotte and Trish, you guys poo-pooed that. I said to that point, Me, you were but, wrong. But this was the match of the night. Um, I can't remember the last time that they had a pay-per-view end, and the la- the main event was actually the best match of the night. Um, it, it hasn't happened. It just doesn't seem to happen very often anymore. Um, I, I, I thought going into the match, I would say I, I, going into the night, I was undecided on which of them would win. I think I, when we talked about the last pay-per-view, um, I talked about Lesnar's title reigns in the past have all been well over 100 days. So mm-hmm. I figured this would be long as well. It ended up being just a couple of weeks. So that was nice. Um, heading into the match, having seen the rest of the card unfold, zero belts had changed hands the entire night. So that made me think that Seth was probably going to win. Mm. Um, but like the story that they told of this was great. Like back and forth, mm-hmm. like counters to the to you know Seth kept uh, you know jumping out of the the German suplexes, landing on his feet. Um, to counter that, Brock, when he got his arms around him again, did a German suplex and didn't let go that time. Mm-hmm. Like, just really smart stuff all throughout. And then, like, super kicks, and then, and you know, the just the ending, everything. Just, I, I, I loved it. And Brock clearly loves working with guys like AJ Styles and Daniel Bryan and Seth Rollins. Mm-hmm. And, and like you said, Forrest, like, Getting a clean ending and a legit pin for Seth was without any underhanded tactics this time was exactly what he needed, mm-hmm. and so that that made the night for me. There you go, there you go. Um, all in all, guys, overall grade for the pay per view. Mm, I I couldn't go any less than B plus. Um, I, I think this was probably the best pay-per-view I have seen in months from uh, yeah. main roster WWE. Um, <clears throat> I think there were some low points for me that kind of kept it out of being a top-tier kind of... Um, I'm thinking like maybe what was it was like WrestleMania 20 or something like that. Uh, but but this was this was really solid with, with a lot of really good points for me. So I, I would say a, a strong B+. Yeah, I agree. That's the exact same grade I had for it was a B plus. I thought it started out strong, and then it, it kind of lost a little bit of steam in the middle, and then um, from both the Charlotte and Trish match on, it started building up to a fantastic ending. I can't believe you're picking that as one of your highlights. You're killing me, Smalls. <laughs> <laughs> no, but the crowd. I'm saying the crowd was even if you don't like. That it was match. her home. It was her it, home. I'm just if, even if you didn't like that match, the crowd was really into the match, <laughs> and and it built from and everything that they did built from there, and it culminated with a, a, a fantastic uh, Universal Championship match. There you go. There you go. All right. Well, let's talk about this. This the fact that you could bet on. <laughs> Which is again the stupidest thing. If I was if I was someone who worked in you know creative WWE creative, I would put my life savings into DraftKings. Um, but let's talk about the DraftKings matchup. Uh, Ken, did you do it? I did. Um, how'd, you, how'd you fare out? Not not great. <laughs> I got uh, let's see here one two three. I got six out of 12, eleven. 
Oh, jeez. Uh, question's correct here. Technically, okay. that's more than 50%, so I wouldn't complain. Okay. You're eating tonight. <laughs> Yay! There you go. Forrest, did you do How'd it? How'd you do, Forrest? Well, I'll just say that my kids and wife won't be eating tonight. Oh, jeez. <laughs> oh, I only got four correct. Oh, wow. <laughs> well, and, and you know what? To be fair, I went ahead and I had it set. And I think I would have had six, but then I made some last-minute changes, and they weren't all good, apparently. Oh, so. so you, you want to run through these questions real quick? So yeah, I mean, like really quick. So, uh, for question one: What will be the first match at SummerSlam? Uh, that was I, the women's championship, which was should have been other. the The options, I'm sorry, here options: U.S. Championship, SmackDown Women's Championship. WWE Championship, Women's Tag Team Championship, or other? And the correct answer was other. Right. Uh, question two. How many times will the 24-7 championship change hands during SummerSlam? Zero, one, two, three, or more? And the answer was zero. Uh, will be the total number of RKOs performed by Randy Orton be over or under one and a half? Uh, and the under... Ended up winning. I got that one correct, by the way. Mm -hmm. uh, four. Which announce table will be broken first during the event? English, Spanish, other, no tables broken. Spanish table. I got I this one. <laughs> I, I missed that one. I, you know, always go with Spanish announce always. table. Always. Oh, no, mm -hmm. uh, will Becky Lynch retain her Raw Women's Championship? Yes or no? Correct answer, yes. This was one of my wrong picks that I changed. Uh, so I got that one right. Uh, question six. Which move will Brock Lesnar perform more during the Universal Championship match? Suplex or F5? Uh, I went with the suplex, and that was the correct answer. Same here. Uh, seven. The outcome of the WWE Championship match will be determined by pinfall, submission, disqualification, or other. And the correct answer was other. I'm and that's why the crowd was angry, because they all uh, bet. They all bet something else. <laughs> I, I said pinfall. Yeah, I did uh, will, will any NXT superstars debut during SummerSlam? Yes or no? The correct answer was no. I got that I one. I went with yes because I thought I heard something. Oh. So that was my other switch. Uh, question nine. Will the number of SummerSlam matches determined by submission be over or under two and a half? I took the under, and that was Same correct. Yep. There was only one, the actual submission match. Yep. Uh, question number 10. Excluding the 24-7 championship, how many championships will change hands at SummerSlam? Zero, one to two, three to four, or five plus? Forrest, what did you put on I, that one? I got this one right. One to two. I, I said the same thing. I got that one right. And uh, Dragon Drop to rank these matches in the order that they will appear. The Raw Women's Championship, SmackDown Women's Championship, WWE Championship and Universal Championship was the correct order. I got the, I got half of those, but I yeah, I got Universal right. Yeah, and then there was a tiebreaker. What, <laughs> which I was off. Uh, what will be the total time of the last match, bell to bell, in minutes and seconds? And figuring that it was a Brock Lesnar match, I went with nine minutes and fifty-eight seconds, and the actual time was 13 minutes and 19 seconds. I went with 17 minutes and 16 Whoa! seconds. Whoa! Yep. So we, was... were both, we were both off by about the same amount of time. Yep. Just on the opposite ends. 
But you win the showcase showdown, my friend. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Um, all right. Well, so that finally... means that I was right about Charlotte and Trish. No, no, it doesn't. <laughs> no. No, you were wrong. Okay. Guys, I know we talked a lot during this podcast about where do we go from here, but any last thoughts on where do we go from here? You know, I think I think the biggest problem that, that WWE's got to work on is the women's roster. I think Becky has kind of sucked a lot of the oxygen out of the room, um, and she's fantastic, but I think if they don't look at long-term of creating a bench for her, they're going to break her. And I think we're going to get sick of her. And I think there's a real danger here with Sasha coming back. Um, correct me if I'm wrong. I only got to catch snippets of last night. She was received really well in Natty's hometown. And she's supposed to be a heel. Well, um, I, I think, mean, Canada is notorious for purposely but, uh, booing the guys that they're supposed to cheer for and cheer for. Right. The but I'm just, I'm just saying, I think you've got to be really careful about you know, Sasha potentially taking over that cool heel role that Becky's been enjoying for the past year. So I think they need to do a better job of splitting things up. I mean, you take a look at the NXT pay-per-views, for example, you only have five matches, 12 competitors total, and they have a deeper roster than that. You know, you rotate people in and out. I think you'll have better rested, better contented wrestlers, but also like you, you limit some of the TV time and you give other people a chance to develop and I think they really need to do that. Um, you know, that was some of the things I was encouraged about Raw last night. They brought some people we haven't seen to say, oh, yeah, they're still on contract. They still wrestle. Maybe something will happen with them. Um, I think that's the big, big area that they they should be working on. Um, but in terms of the plus sides, you know, I think I'm actually, like I said, I'm really excited to see where are you going to take this Kofi and Randy Orton story next? Um, you know, I think that's that's kind of one of the areas that came out of this for me. And I'm really hoping they turn the fiend into a buzzsaw and yeah. just let it tear through people. I, mm. I gotta, I gotta say, I think it's cute that you think that there's a distinction between the raw and SmackDown rosters. Um, <laughs> since they don't really have that anymore on the shows with the, the wild card rule. Yeah. But anyways, I, I kid, uh, I, I obviously, um, I think we're building to a Roman reigns and Daniel Bryan feud. Which could be good. Um, I'm interested to see where they go with Seth and AJ. Uh, it looks like AJ's challenged Braun Strowman at the next pay per view. Is that is that official? I don't know. I think there was like I think I saw it on YouTube. Okay. Uh, so it's probably like a post thing on like WWE.com. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, no, it's uh, you know. They they got uh, this is where we start building, really. I think is SummerSlam. It's still nine months away, but this is kind of where you start laying the groundwork for for when you get to WrestleMania season. Exactly, exactly. The, the, the build starts now. Build starts and, and now. Honestly, like I really like that Sasha's back. I'm yes. excited for mm-hmm. her yep. to have a nice long heel run. I think she could be exactly what what Becky Lynch needs. Definitely, definitely. Yeah. Well, we'll see. I mean, Clash of the Champions is coming up on September 15th, which means we'll be back probably around September 16th, 17th, right around that time. Um, So just about a little, about a month away. Um, Hopefully all the, since it's Clash of the Champions, all the championships will be up for grabs, including the Intercontinental Championship, which is currently held by Shinsuke, I think. I don't know. It hasn't been on TV in a while. Um, 
It's only it's only the Intercontinental Championship. No, I deal. believe there's still a, a Raw Tag Team <laughs> Championship too. Oh, even though that <laughs> never gets defended. Who knows? <laughs> Can you tell me who those champions are? And I know. Um, there you go. Who are the um, SmackDown tag team champions? Uh, the New Day. New Day. Oh, that's right. Yeah. You're right. You're right. Just you know, the both tag team champions are actually held by three person factions right now. That's Just true. Just mm-hmm. saying. So you know, um, so that's on what, separate that's brands. What on separate brands. So there you go, folks. Well. Keep up with um, this podcast and all of our podcasts on the Onstage Blog Network at onstageblog.com where you can see all of our favorite podcasts. We've got some new ones coming out soon, so check check out for those. Uh, but Forrest, anything you want to add real quick before we sign off? Yeah, real quick. Uh, you know, I've uh, as some of you may know, I'm a big, big comics fan of uh you know, write them, write about them. Uh, I'm getting back into the game again, writing uh, reviews again for Newsarama. So if you get a chance, uh, every week I'll be sending out, you know, at least one or two reviews uh, on some of the current comics that are coming out every week. So uh, keep an eye out on that if, if you're into the four-colored funnies. Love it. Love it. How about you, Ken? Anything else going on? Um, any, any ripple effects? Anything going on with yeah, the box office preview? So box office preview, we're taking a little bit of a hiatus for the month of August. Uh, we're going to be coming back. Against uh, my wish. I did Against not your wishes. Wow. I did not authorize the season hiatus, but okay. <laughs> well, August is a little slow. It's it's the winding down of the summer. <laughs> but we're gonna have we're gonna have a fall movie preview, and then we're gonna we're gonna come in hot uh, for Labor Day weekend with the uh, release of it, Chapter Two. Mm-hmm. And then uh, we're gonna have our fall movie draft, which we'll talk about. Yep. And maybe record that and play some snippets of us you know busting each other's balls over <laughs> the the movie draft picks that we that we come up with exactly and and uh you know all that and and we'll, we're gonna do a couple of ripple effects we've we've uh it's been a long it's been too long it's been too it's been so long i actually took it off the website so oh yeah so we have to uh it's taking up space you know it's just dead space right now wow <laughs> i know so as soon as, we get some, as, soon as, as soon as we get some more ripple effects, I will relaunch it, so to speak, on the website. But uh, for enough. now, for now, it's dormant. Um, we're gonna repackage it like the fiend. Like the fiend. <laughs> we're have the back with a new fiend theme song. Or, you know, the ripple effects. Wait, does that mean I'm gonna have a head lantern? Oh yes. Oh no. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> All right, folks. Well, we'll see you right here next time on Card Subject to Change. Have a good. All right, folks. Well, we'll see you right after the Clash of the Champions right here on Subject Card Change. Or card what? Subject. <laughs> card, card Subject Change. Change. To change card subject. Okay, <laughs> think, I'm having, think I'm having a stroke. Why <laughs> <laughs> you do that one over again? Let's, let's do that over again. Put, this, gonna be the put this on the outtakes. <laughs> <laughs>